The Secrets of Technology is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Technology. I'm Don Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of Technology, where we discuss the technology news that's important to you from a uniquely Catholic point of view. Joining me today on the panel are Father Corey Stika. Hi, Father Corey. How's it going, Don? Very well. And Joanne Mercier. Hi, Joanne. Hello, gentlemen. Happy week before Holy Week. <laughs> that's yes. right. So uh, let's see. First, uh, I want to start off with our first story. Just jump right in and get right into it. Uh, the the disaster that didn't happen is again our first topic. So Maybe. In ca- yeah, in, in case you didn't know, uh, there was a if if you're old enough to recall, and maybe some of you aren't. Uh, back in 2000, in 1999, there was this big fear that when 1999 became 2000, computers, many computers, had been using a two-digit year. So instead mm-hmm. of you know saying 1999, it said 99. And then when it rolled over to January 1st, 2000, the computers would think it was January 1st, 1900, and all hell would break loose and everything would would be ended and cats and dogs living in sin. I mean, it would be a disaster. For <laughs> <laughs> a fire from the sky. And it was a big nothing burger, basically. All the programmers did their job, fixed the Y2K bug. Yes, and I was, right. was going to say, you know, the, the Y2K bug was a serious problem. It was real. After, billion, yeah. after was. billions and billions of dollars and millions and millions of man hours, it got fixed. Right. So... The, and I remember going to the automatic teller and getting out some money just in case. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I had a friend who, who took out uh, thousands of dollars and uh, had barrels of food in his basement. And yeah, he, he overreacted a little bit. So That's extreme. Yeah. Uh, and the result, I think, was some ATMs in New Zealand went down, I think. It, it was with- well, I had the, the uh, credit union I was with at the time for my pickup loan, uh, their their automatic withdrawal computer software hadn't been updated. So it didn't with, I got a, a late fee on a, on a payment that should have been made January, you know, 10th, 2000. And I called right. like, Oh yeah, that <laughs> should have been fixed. Oops. <laughs> right. So the, so the latest uh, Y2K like bug was the, the GPS rollover bug. Now here's what it is. So GPS, the global positioning satellite system, it's a network of satellites surrounding the earth. Uh, put up by the U.S. government, originally for military purposes, but they opened it up for civilian purposes. And they basically do two things. First, they pinpo- they can pinpoint any place on the Earth very accurately using triangulation, the s- signals, mm-hmm. you know, strength, and, uh, how long it takes a signal from three different mm-hmm. points, et cetera. Okay, that's, that's not what's causing this. The other thing they do is they have e- extremely accurate date and time information because to set your location accurately, they need to have the time extremely accurately. So the way they calculate it was they don't send month, day, year, hour, minute, second. They have a number, a 10-bit number that is counting up from an arbitrary date uh, uh, some time ago, 22 years ago, I think it is, actually. And it... It 99 was the last time it did this, so it was 20 years ago. Right. And so... Uh, yeah, every 19.7 years, to be exact, uh, it rolls over. It reaches the, the end of the 10 bits of numbers, the 9999999, rolls over back to zero, 
and anything that's not designed to deal with that rollover, uh, that ends up having problems. And so there was all of these fears that we were going to have because everything relies on it. Uh, our our nation's nuclear bombers rely on it. Your car's GPS. They were afraid people were going to be driving into the into the lakes. So uh, not exactly. Yeah. All right. So uh, what do you think? I mean, do, uh, did have you guys heard anything of uh, with this bug? Well, I believe it or not, I had read about it last week and I kind of watched my onboard navigation in my car. And when I got in my car Sunday morning, I turned it on. The car said 8.30. I looked back down. It said 7.30. So it changed. Rolled, it, 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 it rolled, rolled itself back. Oh, interesting. So I, I went into the info and found out that if I took the automatic, you know, go by GPS for daylight savings time, if I took that off and put it on manually, it put it back. Now, I tried it yesterday before, you know, today's show, and it's still, now it won't go back to the GPS at all. Interesting. So, something's going on. And again, when you have these onboard navs in your car, like my car is a 2015 Subaru, all right, that that's already 2015 maps are in there unless right. you go and buy the upgrades. So I'm looking at right now, do I want to go buy upgrades to fix the problem, which will probably cost a lot of money, or <laughs> do I just want to manually turn my daylight savings time on and off? Because I'm not noticing anything in the GPS. I tried it a couple of times. It is missing. There, a few, few exit numbers are missing, but I think I was missing them before. But it can be a problem if you're not familiar with your 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 car's online GPS. It, it sounds like don't really about the only things that are really having issues with this right now are older GPS receivers. Um, and in fact, I've got one downstairs. I should probably grab it and power it up and see what it what it what it what says. Um, and there is a, a article that Don posted in our notes here about a. Some flights, some airline uh, or some airplane GPS systems that have been affected by it. Maybe that's actually maybe. Th yeah, there's some question about maybe. whether that's that actually even was real or not. So, uh, so that it, it may maybe maybe not. But you, you're right. But 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 it's going to be stuff having to do a lot of this stuff having to do with older GPS, whether it's avionics or in car well, and systems. And it, it's like your, the GPS system in your phone not an issue. You know, it's not going to affect the clock on your phone because your smartphones, at least I, I believe pretty much everyone, every smartphone made like in the last 10 years, it gets its time off the tower. So the cell tower is what sets the time, not the GPS system. Right. Right. And it's constantly, and, and your phones are constantly updated, including the maps, which is why like I don't use a, an independent GPS anymore because it's such a pain. In the, it was always such a pain in the neck. Every yes. six months to update the maps. And it took forever to download this massive file and transfer free a USB across to the to the, the Garmin, because that's what I had was the Garmin GPS. And it was just such a massive pain. And that's the thing with the in-car uh, nav, nav systems is unless they have a built-in connection to, you know, some sort of cell connection or something, the only way to update that, as you, as you mentioned, Joanne, is, is if you either take it into the dealer or if they have some way to put an you know download it from their website and put it on an SD card or something that you, you in a slot. Now mine has a mini SD, but I'd still have to probably go to the dealer and buy it. 
So how much is this going to be? And and I realize on a 2015 car, I probably have a 2013 navigation system. So it's far enough old enough that something was going to happen, which is why I kept my eye on it. If the only thing that's going to croak is the clock, fine. I can I can play with that. My car is a 2013 and Ford does not support the entertainment system on it at all for any reason ever again. Nice. Their response is you can spend $1,500 and get the updated latest and greatest. Or, of course, you can come in and trade in your car for a brand new. No. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. The only thing I would do at this point is if they if they said it's going to cost you $700 to upgrade the nav system or put in CarPlay for 15, I'd go for the CarPlay because the car Subarus are notorious for lasting a long time. So I don't mind putting money into it. But I'm not going to update what I have. What I do is I have a, a dashboard mount for my phone, and I, I have Waze, and I follow Waze to get everywhere, and I don't need a separate GPS. And it just- oh, I do, I do that too, Dom. It's just sometimes the phone gets hot, and, and, or if I'm going for a long period of time, or if it's, just, if it's an easy ride that I don't know where I'm going, I'll use the onboard nav. Anything I seriously need to use navigation for, it's Waze. Yeah, but 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 given you know if you have to spend seven hundred dollars or more to get it working, you know you, you could you, the our phones are already. In fact, there's rumors that Apple is working on a way to to kind of provide. Uh, how's the best way to put it? Th- this project to that they would provide all of the navigational and electronic systems interface. So not just CarPlay where. You can get your phone screen in there, but that the system is running on a version of iOS, uh, and and so that it's all and like what Tesla does, it's always connected to the internet. It's always all the latest updates, and they can push updates even, which is what Tesla does. They they fi- they could fix stuff by pushing it. I know the security issues with that, but. It's it's a it's, it's well my it's my, con- my concern with this is not so much Apple doing it because the, you know as much as it begrudges me to say it as an Android user that Apple it has really made especially in the last couple of years has made security a priority of their privacy and security. The car manufacturers do not have a great reputation of this. And right. oh, by the oh. way, the car manufacturers are as stubborn as Apple is when it comes to what goes into their vehicles. And this is going to be, you know, Apple is going to expect control of the equipment. So is the car manufacturer. Exactly. Subaru didn't give up the ghost and start putting CarPlay in until th- 2018. So, and it's still being rolled out. My car this year, the version of my car this year, got it. In for 2019. So, I, I mean, I'd rather have CarPlay because I hate to say it. Of of everything in my Subaru, the nav is what stinks the most. I mean, it's, it's yeah. horrible. Most people agree that most car entertainment and inf- inf- infotainment systems, as they call it terribly, mm-hmm. uh, are pretty badly designed from a user interface point of view. Um, and, and I've heard people say that Android CarPlay, whatever, whatever it's called. Android is, Auto. Android Auto is not much better than most. Uh, so I'm, I'm kind of It's curious. a little bit better. It's, it's a be- little bit. It, it is better. Um, okay. I think it would work. I think it works better on the the actual in-car versus you can run it on the phone. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It would be better on a screen in your dash, uh, that sort of thing. So very interesting. So, okay. Well, so it, it's good to know that the GPS rollover was, you know, was not a problem. 
Um, it's a the tech disaster that didn't happen, according to as well, one headline that, put that's, it. That's right. The next one is coming up in 2038 when Unix rolls over. So. <laughs> yeah, that's, the, that's where the ep- the Unix epoch ends. An epoch is is the uh, when you start with the zero date when they first started up the first computer, and it's counting up to a very large number, and it rolls and it gets to that nine 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 and rolls over to zero. Unix started in 1971. 1970, 19, uh, 1st of January, 1970 is when is is zero time for Unix. Okay. And it's when it gets to 2,147,483,647 plus one. <laughs> that's when something bad happens. But we've and got that's wow. January 19th of 2038. So hopefully we won't be running on a 1970 version Unix as the base at that point in another 20 odd years or 19, 19 which means they'll, they'll get fixed about 2037 they'll move they'll and just move unix to a 64-bit number so they'll have <laughs> you know another century or whatever uh, it occurs to me that's like 19.7 years from now so maybe the gps rollover and the unix rollover will happen at the same time and really mess everything <laughs> out <laughs> and all technology just melts down that's it yes Moving to the woods, kids. All the programmers just and, give up and yeah, and become preppers. And banks finally give up on Windows XP. Yeah, yes. Oh, good yeah, luck with that. Yeah, banks will finally stop using Windows XP in 2038. All right, so let's move on to our second topic, which is uh, something I, I brought uh, brought up and wanted to talk about, which is uh, this idea of a Catholic blog revival. And, and, I, and mm-hmm. I bring it up because this is a topic near and dear to my heart, which is uh, Catholic blogging. I started my, my blog... Catholic blog, quote unquote, back in uh, 2000, the summer of 2001. I had a website before that, but I started blogging in earnest uh, about about two months before 9-11. So, uh, oh, boy. Yeah. And then then in that January of 2012 was when the, uh, the 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 big scandal in the church broke and there was lots to lots of news to talk about. And so Catholic blogs became a big thing. There were lots of blogs out there and there was very little social media. And this was the blogs were a way for people to interact online. Uh, there was an mm-hmm. online community. It was uh, people would even if you weren't a blog writer, you could be a blog reader and you could go to various blogs. You could read them. You could comment. You could interact with people in the com boxes. Uh, and there was a lot of that. Uh, and people would carry conversations over from one blog to another. Um do, do you yeah blogging blogging really was kind of the the early social media yes before there were even you know and of course there was MySpace at that time but MySpace as we understand social media today was not a social media not like not, we understand it today not so. like it is today yeah and there were and there were things that were earlier there was AOL and CompuServe and Prodigy that were sorts sorts of Forums, online communities yeah. yeah news groups which were horrible <laughs> if you think you think facebook is bad and twitter are bad now mm-hmm. news groups were oh, worse boy. <laughs> oh, yeah. they were worse <laughs> but but certainly uh there was a, a a community that that grew up and uh for various there are a couple of reasons what th- that it kind of went away at one point uh or sort of declined the the first reason is uh we we people became to the, the way we read our our blogs were through our RSS feed readers. And I don't want to get into explaining what RSS is. It's a whole nother thing. But but people relied on RSS readers, which was a way to have one place where all the new blog posts came in and you could just read them all in one place. So you didn't have to hop around and load 100 different blogs in your browser uh, in order to find them. And so people became dependent on on that. 
And uh, Google did what Google does, which is they bought a reader. Did they buy Google Reader or, or did they make it in? I think they developed. I thought they developed Reader. Yeah, I think they, they yeah did. they developed it in house. They gave it away. It became the dominant reader in the business. It, it drove almost all the others out of business. No one could make any money because Google was giving it away. And then Google said, yeah, we're done with this. We're shutting it off. And people yep. were like, well, well, now what? <laughs> yeah. And so everybody I, freaked out. Now, did either of you experience this, this, this loss of oh, Google yes. Reader thing? Oh, yeah. yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Very much I, so. I, How did I mean, you deal was, with that? Uh, did, I was doing most of my, my reading, um, you know, through, through the RSS and all of a sudden, and I had it down pat too. Right, you had so a routine. Had yeah. Exactly the way you want it. And now we're mm -hmm. closing it down. Give me a break. You know, exactly. and, and I think that's why I still gravitate towards things that I can actually choose what I want right. to read, like, like Flipboard. Right. Because I, I would rather have Flipboard right now, sometimes more than Apple News, because I can still pick what I don't like and say, no, I really don't want to see things like this and tell it and it goes away. What did, Father Corey, what'd you use for reading? So, you know, I, I was using Reader as well. And when it went down, I use Feedly now is kind of where I because it Feedly really uh, basically was the same thing. I mean, it really it, it. And the nice thing about a lot of these feed readers is, yeah, they don't give you recommendations. It's not like Facebook where it's curating your timeline. Uh, right. It's, you know, you, you might be interested. No, it's just this is what I've signed up for. This is what I want to read. Just give it to me. Don't don't sugarcoat it don't cut it down just if there's 20 unread posts or 200 unrest posts i just want to know that right exactly show it all to me in in reverse chronological order <laughs> exactly <laughs> you know oldest Whatever's first, newest, yeah. i want to see it first yeah and the oldest just go from is first there. yes exactly uh yeah i did that too i i went i got a feedly account uh, although you the nice thing with feedly was is they allowed you to have a use other software as the front end so I had Feedly, and I have I've had a couple different uh, feed readers over the years: NewsGator, uh, Reader with two E's, Mister Reader, R E A. Oh, I remember that. Yep. Yeah, uh, both iOS and Mac. Uh, I've used them, and and none have been perfect. And um, but the, the so that was one of the reasons. So when Google Reader went away, a lot of people couldn't adapt to that. They they didn't know how to to find a Feedly, or they tried Feedly and it wasn't the same, and it just it didn't work for them. And so the, a huge audience for blogs got lost. But the other thing that really uh, killed it, uh, it or temporarily killed it were social networks. So this was about the same time that Twitter and Facebook came along. And really, they sort of sucked up a lot of the the desire for people to post a thing in public, uh, which included their opinion about what was happening in a news article. I mean, and that's what a lot of, a lot of blogs were, frankly. Well, especially with, with Facebook, when it, I can't remember, I think when Facebook first came out, it still kind of restricted the length of your post. But, you know, once Facebook got to the point where yeah. you could basically post unlimited length posts, yep, that was blogging. So instead of, you know, linking, you know, read this article, link to it, and then here's my comment. Instead, it's, I'm just going to send out this link to this article and put my comment before it. So you read my comment, and then there's the article at the bottom. Right. And at the time that you could Facebook was not curating, you were getting everything people were writing in in that in chronological order of most recent first. Unfortunately, that was how you had no choice on that. 
And what I like to do, I was, I was more gravitating towards Twitter at the time. So I liked being able to put it in 140 characters and be succinct because when I would blog, I would blog long, big <laughs> tones. Oh, yeah. TLDR. <laughs> yeah. So putting yeah. it into Twitter was very good, but now Twitter's a wasteland. So Yes. Well, and that's, exactly. that's kind of what happened is, is, is these networks changed over time. So Twitter, Twitter expanded from 140 to 280, so you get that much more space, which is not a lot more. But it sort of became this wasteland of vituperation and anger and uh -huh. people just trolling each other. And it, so it, it and then you have to be really um, conscientious about curating your own group of people that you're following. And even then, because everything on, on almost everything on Twitter is, is public, you can have a private Twitter, but it's not the same. It doesn't it doesn't work for, as far as I can tell work as well. But you get you get people who just show up and want to harass you for something you're talking, seeing to one of your friends. So that's Twitter. Facebook did the whole algorithm thing. And even now I just, I get so frustrated because I have something like 4,000 Facebook friends. And I know that a large subset of those people are, po are posting regularly uh, because I can see it if I go directly to their profile, but it, Facebook only shows me about uh, you know a handful of posts exactly. from people, the same 25 people or so. Yep. And it's only if you start looking for someone else that they'll show up. Right. Exactly. Right. Uh, so and so and then it, it has encouraged a sort of a lot of Facebook posts to have sort of become, you know, their memes or I mean, stuff I enjoy. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Or just but bare links to things. And it's lost a lot oh. of that personality. And I, I so. think there's also kind of a concern politically with both Facebook and Twitter that they have taken a particular political stance whether you agree with that stance or not right that certain issues you just don't talk about them on our platform or and if you do yeah you're gone or you're or yeah. if you talk about them in a certain way uh and exactly. some and some of that is mainstream catholic uh belief is exactly is in, in some ways you know the catholic moral teaching is deemed unacceptable in, in certain cases and i and people are getting banned they're getting Posts taken down. They're getting what's called shadow banned, which is sometimes uh, when you uh, you you you're posting and you don't realize it, but it, the the system is not showing your post to anybody, and so you're just speaking into the void. And exactly. who says there's no censorship on there? Right. Well, you I mean, know, it's, I... it's pretty clear that there's censorship. I mean, that that they're oh, a yeah. private. They're a private entity, though. I mean, they have to censor yeah. certain things which mm -hmm. are beyond well, the pale. But where do you where do they draw that line? And it, the, the, and I, I, I say again, you know, it doesn't matter, you know, where you stand on the political divide. It should be concerning you because, okay, today, you know, you may disagree with me, and you may be happy because I'm the one being shadow banned. Well, what happens when all of a sudden you're on the wrong side of that issue? Right. Right. Which people never believe going, that they it's will. It's not be. a question of if; it's a question of when. when. Right. People and never I, believe I, that they're going to be the ones. Subject by the to way, that. that I disagree. By the way, that something like Facebook or Twitter should be censoring. No. Uh, there are things that should be censored. Uh, child pornography and... Uh, there okay, are, I there mean, are things, things that are blatantly yeah. illegal. R right, what I mean is... But right. like, there, That's so what there we're is, talking about. There is a line, <laughs> but, you know, uh, uh, um, there are certain kinds of talk that even is illegal, but is wrong, like a threatening uh, or, or har like har outright harassment of people should not be allowed. I mean, there are certain things that shouldn't be allowed, but where does the line get drawn? That's the question. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and they're, right. 
they're making that decision, not you. So when you own your own website, you have your own blog, you control that to a degree. Your web to host degree, also yeah. has a has some control over that. Uh, oh, yeah. Very that, limited. Most most web hosts are very good about basically unless you do something that is going to get them in legal water. trouble. Yeah, legal yeah. trouble. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I find myself less and less on Facebook. If it wasn't for my family and the fact that I have to curate the web, the Facebook pages for the collaborative, I'd be off there seriously because I just don't, I keep running into ads and games and things I don't want to deal with. Yeah, I, 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 one of my prior picks helps deal with that Facebook purity extension. Uh, cuts out the, a lot of the ads and games and stuff. But I, I get what you're saying. If it doesn't work on phone or uh, iOS, that sort of thing, it only works on the desktop. But uh, so one of the things that's happened recently is, is a lot of the folks who used to do a lot of the blogging, and many of them have continued to blog, but just at a much lower pace, have kind of talked about started, restarting this Catholic blog community. Um, we used to call it St. Blog's Parish. It kind of Kind of a cheesy old term. We you know, we don't we don't use those sorts of terms anymore. I suppose we're all we're all that's much so, more. That's so year two thousand. <laughs> yes, so year two thousand. Like the the information <laughs> superhighway we used to call it, or that sort of stuff. Yes, the. Uh, but anyway, so they've started to to try to bring it back. And one of the nice things is is it by by doing it, we're all, we're using social media to help promote it. So people are writing blog posts, even short blog posts. And that's the thing. It's just to start writing and then they'll put it on Facebook and on Twitter for other people to see it and to link to it and to go to it and to comment. Of course, they're also doing things like, you know, linking on their own site, like on their front page, linking to other blog uh, posts. And uh, for example, on my my website, I'm not doing this as a plug to go check out my site, but on my site, uh, I have a blog role where it shows not just all of the people I'm linking to. But their most recent posts, the link to their most recent mm-hmm. posts. So I have like the Jimmy Aiken, the Weekly Francis, which is a roundup he does of you know mm-hmm. Pope Francis's latest statements, or uh, Happy Catholics, what I'm reading, uh, blog post from yesterday. So that sort of thing. So and and I've been trying to do more uh, blogging myself, better and worse. I haven't written one since April second. I've been really busy. Uh, I I have to say, back in the day, I could I could throw out seven to ten posts a day uh, on Ooh. my blog. Uh, I was because my job was to go through the the uh, the news. I was a, I was working in journalism, and so I would come across stories all the time that I had five. I had a paragraph to say about something, and again today that's a that's a Facebook post. Back then it was a blog post. Uh, my brother used to say back in the day. Yeah, he doesn't have uh, kids and a family and those sorts of responsibilities. <laughs> He's got the time for that, uh, which is, there may be some truth in that because it, I have less time for it. So, And I guess that that would be a concern. Do people have the time both to write a good blog or, or to read a good blog in this? You know, have we reduced ourselves to Facebook and Twitter size right. information? That's that's my concern is, is do are, are we have we stopped reading anything longer than about uh, a, a, a 400 character Facebook post or a 280 uh, character tweet? Yeah, when 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 TLDR exists right. and is used non sarcastically, uh, nothing drives me so much so much so crazy as when people 
will um you know you'll have written something and you you'll have addressed a bunch of things in it and someone will say like oh but blah 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 like um that was in the second paragraph didn't you didn't you read the second paragraph like i i already <laughs> said something about that like you know the, so the reading comprehension has sort of gone away a little bit and so it's it's uh, that is a bit concerning to me is is uh are, have we lost the ability to read uh, you know at least online anything more than a you know a couple of paragraphs yeah there there are readers and there are skimmers yeah mm-hmm. well in and, and someone can learn how to skim well i mean that's something i remember being taught in elementary school was how to skim in an article and get I mean, later elementary school, obviously, but get, you know, the key points of the article. People don't do that anymore. They look at the headline. They kind of glance at, you know, a couple the of first points paragraph. and <laughs> yeah. oh, squirrel. I'm sorry. You know, um, right. They're distracted by something else. <laughs> yeah. And that's why I, I go to Flipboard most of the time now to read because the stuff there is longer. So if and I know it would probably be possible to include these blogs in a flipboard. It is. Yeah. Anything with RSS can be in flipboard. Right. So I, I, I would, I wouldn't mind. Um, I don't know if I'd resurrect anything I did in the past, but I wouldn't mind. <laughs> well, it'd be nice can to I? see the, the, so people are blogging. What I would like to see is people commenting again. It would be nice to see, people going out to the blogs and commenting mm-hmm. and creating that community apart from social media. It is kind of annoying because you'll go to a blog and they'll have the comments and there's nothing there, but then you go to the Facebook post that led you to that blog and all of a sudden that's where everybody's commenting. It's like, no, go to the blog and do it. Exactly. Cause that way you can actually see them, you know, cause it, it's, that's, that's one of the biggest issues with Facebook and Twitter for that matter too, is once you comment on something, it's a lot harder to go back and look at it. Yes. Unless somebody responds to you or whatever, and you get a notification. But I think also people are afraid of com boxes anymore, Mm -hmm. you know, because that's where things start up. Yeah. Here there are trolls. Here there are trolls. The worst place in the world is uh, newspaper websites, com box. (laughs) I've long said that. All right. So uh, I think so. So, folks, check out some blogs and uh, maybe I'll see if I can find some links to throw in there for you to to see some uh, blogs that you can can link to. And I'll put it in the show notes. So we do have an email and this is an interesting email in that uh, it comes from someone that uh, the listeners are going to get to know very well. (laughs) The email comes from Father Andrew Kinstetter. And Father Andrew is a a priest of the Diocese of uh, Cheyenne, Wyoming. Another and, Westerner, all yeah, right. Yes. Yay. And another, me. another cowboy. And uh, he's going to, but, but you're going to get to know him better because he's joining us on Secrets of Technology as a panelist. Uh, coming up next Very week, cool. he's going to be on with Pat Scott, and uh, he's going to start joining us regularly. So uh, it would be nice. But he did send us an email before that happened, and uh, I wanted to read it. Um, uh, his, it was in reference to our, our discussion of tech addiction. Uh, we were talking about uh, especially boys who are addicted to Fortnite. He said, I couldn't help but think of some of the tech games I get involved with, uh, Nintendo, Xbox, iOS, but had a different thought regarding them other than addiction. I play Pokemon Go on my iPhone and it has all the same addictive tendencies you were discussing, but one of the awesome things I've found while playing is it goes in a different direction. Evangelization. Perhaps a future podcast topic. Perhaps we could talk about that. I have found it to be a fun way to evangelize to people whom I had never encountered otherwise. I'm a priest of the, at the Cathedral of St. Mary in Cheyenne, and what is cool is while I've been out playing the game and interacting with the local community of players, 
I've not at all hidden the fact that I'm a Catholic priest who plays the game. Many of the local players are non-religious, fallen-away Catholics, but also some are my own parishioners. So it's been an awesome way to interact with parishioners. They see I'm human and normal too, but it's also a great way to engage those who have no faith or the fallen-away Catholic. It's been a grace to be able to speak into one of the other local players' life when this person shared with me an unfortunate encounter, um, conversation with a priest, and the suicide of someone in this person's family. Uh, the priest had told him the person was in hell, and this left man left the church bitterly as a result. So, um, and so he was able to clarify the church's teaching and and show the church's compassion and and and, and sort of help this person get beyond this other priest's. The, what he perceived from this other piece, what, whatever this other priest actually told him. So, uh, and this was all because he played Pokemon Go with them. So uh, that's a, it's a, it's a fun idea. And and that's one thing I think we, we tried to emphasize in our discussion was, you know, tech, and we, we actually, I think it's a funding part of this podcast is technology is a tool can be used for good, can be used for bad. It has good sides and bad sides. And our aim is to figure out the ways that we can use technology for the good and avoid the pitfalls. That's really, I think, what we're about. Exactly. So, have you guys well, ever had an opportunity to where, where like, play be using tech, playing a game even in public or or in some way has resulted in a evangelization conversation? I'm trying to think if I've, I've ever had that situation. I, I don't know if I've really had a lot of that. I mean, I, it's kind of interesting to have that kind of discussion. Wait, you're a priest who uses technology and understands technology right yeah <laughs> there's some of us out there i swear we're not old not all old fogies who you know think you know a cordless uh, landline phone is a modern invention you know <laughs> yeah. Yeah. not all priests are imported from the middle ages <laughs> yeah yeah i'm not a gamer so i it wouldn't be through gaming but i, I my use of technology in my own day job in the pa in the parishes has gotten people talking because they don't understand that we can actually use this stuff to reach people. Right. Right. So I'm giving them a little lesson on, yes, you can, and here's how you do it. And it's not that hard. Hey, you know, I'm sure Father Andrew and the other priest panelists who we have on this, this uh, show will agree that it's one thing we don't do well in the church is using technology as a whole oh, for the, for the gospel. Yeah. Well, you fax know. machines are that modern new technology for communicating, right? Oh. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> Yeah, I, I still, I'd like to yeah. burn my fax machine, but I think the diocese would throw a fit if I did that. <laughs> yeah, there's this thing called email. So anyway, yes. <laughs> well, thank you, Father Andrew, for your email, and we'll look. I look forward to talking with you next week on the Secrets of Technology when you uh, when you join us. So uh, let's move on to our picks of the week. Then, um, Joanne, why don't you go first? What's your pick of the week? Well, for those of you who are Apple fans, um, my pick of the week is the new Apple 30-watt charger. Now, you might think that the 30-watt charger is, you know, it, you know, you get a charger with everything, with the phone, with the iPad, but the 30-watt is great for the newer iPhones from 8 up and the iPad Pros, even the first generation of iPad Pros. And what it does is it rapid charges. So right. instead ah, of yes. sticking your iPad um, in the charge overnight, you can get it done in about an hour and a half. This is the USB-C power adapter? Yes, it's, but it's USB-C. It's, it's USB-C to the adapter, right. so to, to, right. the, to the charger. And then you can buy the regular lightning 
Right. And if you have an iPad, side. if you have an iPad Pro that has USB C, mm-hmm. uh, in and then but you, you get the other one. And you could also charge. You could use this to charge uh, a MacBook or MacBook Air with it too, right? Any, anything that anything that's USB C should be able to run off of it. Yep, you can. But I wanted to make. I wanted to highlight the fact that if you've got an eight, an iPhone eight and up, yep. you can do it there too. Because that's it's been saving my hide now as I'm preparing for Holy Week. Right. Um, it's it's a great thing because I can get both things charged quickly and not have to you know sit there and wait for it or go only get half and watch it run yep. out again. It costs forty nine. Forty nine. Yeah. And the other thing, if if here's a pro tip, I don't know if they still sell them. I think they do, but the the large extenders. You know, yeah, the, the ones that, that you the long cord. From, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where you can replace the plug with the, the actual yeah. plug tips with that, that longer cord. Oh, yes. Exactly. Buy one or two of them because you can always find a place to use them, especially when you go somewhere and the outlet is in the most inconvenient spot in the church possible. Right. <laughs> and you need to be using it at the same time it's charging. So sometimes, even though, yes, it's an Apple accessory and it costs a little bit more, it comes in handy and saves your bacon all mm-hmm. the time. Yeah, the nice thing with it, too, is because it's uh, it'll charge all those different devices, including your MacBook Air, if you have one, you you can take one to, one charger with mm-hmm. you and it'll work on everything. Yeah, the nice thing about those long cords is also sometimes you have a like you have an, uh, a power strip and the big blocky thing can't fit in it. It's obstructed. Yep. Right? Yep. But the but the, uh, the the cord can fit in, and so that makes it a lot easier. That's nice. It's funny as I was just trying to see or think, I know I've got one of those. I've got like the iPad one, like my yeah. old iPad yes. one. I still I had bought one of those like way back when, and I still have it around here somewhere. I'm trying to remember where that's at. I need to find that. But I believe <laughs> it's only a five watt or a ten watt. I, I you know this is now thirty. This is the highest one you can get in this in this configuration. I was just talking about the the extension. Part. Oh, that that yeah, they used to come with the MacBook Pros. Yeah, every time I uh, I've got I've upgraded a, comp- a a MacBook, I've kept that part of the power adapter. Like when I got rid of the the computer, or actually I have a stack of them in my closet because I have to recycle them. <laughs> but uh, but I keep that cord because those, like you say, those are like gold. Those are those are really mm-hmm. useful. Now, if they were only MagSafe. Yes. Oh, oh there you yes. go. Let's. Pouring out for MagSafe. <laughs> one, one thing, one thing I will, you know, say, of course, you know, again on the Android side, but you know, a lot more phones are supporting the rapid charge like yeah. this charger does, and that right. is so nice. Where you look at your phone, you go, "I got twenty percent left." You plug it in, you come back an hour later, and you're up at seventy percent that right. quick. You know, it's nice. It really is. I, I'm a, I'm a big fan of it now. So, Father Corey, what's your pick? Well, my pick is something that's been around for a while. It's something I think we've all probably used, but just was thinking about it today and, and how much how much I use it. And that's they call it G Suite now. It used to be Google Apps is what they used to call it. And uh, I still have in my my fathercory.org uh, Google account. I still have the free the the grandfathered free account. Now you have to pay for it, but it's still not much. It's like $6 a month for the basic account. It comes with, of course, you know, the uh, Google Docs, Google Spreadsheet, Google uh, Presentation, you know, their PowerPoint equivalent, uh, storage, Gmail, of course, um, all these different tools and uh, applications that you can do. The more you pay, the more fancy stuff you can do. 
But it's so the thing I love about it, and the reason why I use it almost every day anymore, I mean, I really am to the point I use it every day, is the fact that I am very much a cross-platform person. You know, I've, I've mentioned several times on this podcast that I, you know, cross-platform is something I'm concerned about. Because, like, as I'm sitting here, I've got my MacBook Pro, I've got my Chromebook, I've got my Android phone, I've got my iPad, I've got a Windows machine downstairs in the basement. You know, I am about as cross-platform as you can get, and G Suite works on all of them. Right. Yeah, perfectly. Does. Beautifully. You know, so I could edit something here, and then I can go to my phone, and there it is. What sets it apart from like free Gmail is is you could all is you get your own domain with it, right? This is the exactly you get at and then whatever domain you want. So right, well, it's like I said, I've got you know like my my personal email address, and I don't mind putting this out there. It's frcory at frcory dot org, right? And it's that's through Gmail because it's through the Google the G Suite. Yeah, that's what we use for SQPN. Is uh, I, we have uh, the G Suite yep. uh, set up. So same yeah. thing. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I, I'm all for cross-platform, even though you think I'm just the Apple fangirl, but, but I don't come across people who use it a lot. They're more using Word. They're using Microsoft. They very rarely use, you know, the, and, you know, the I've, Mac I've stuff. Used, and I, I very, I've used Office 365. That's actually our parish email is through Office 365. And I've used, and I, I really, I like Google apps, Google Docs better as a portable word processor. Now, right. for a full-featured word, word processor, yeah, you can't beat Microsoft Word. Yeah. Right. But for something that's on the go or something that's cross-platform or something you're going to do on an iPad, Google apps just work so much better. Right. We use, uh, you know, right now we're using a Google Doc to as our, our uh, show uh, planning document we collaborate and we put stuff into it and we have our our rundown for the show in there and it, it, you know it works fine and we can all yeah. be in there at once and we can all edit it and yeah and we can sit and watch each other type away and <laughs> exactly <laughs> as i fiddle with it while we're talking I, I i'm a fiddler uh so that's a good one <laughs> google suites g suite uh excellent so my pick is sort of related to uh, some things we were saying earlier it's a series of videos from the Smarter Everyday YouTube channel, uh, which is a great channel. Uh, I've, I've followed him for years, and, and the, the, he's always done a lot of like sciencey sorts of stuff. And uh, it's it's really it's a good channel for kids, especially. He's 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 a dad himself. He's a rocket. He's literally a rocket scientist in Huntsville, Alabama. Uh, good guy. Uh, he's a Christian. He makes it clear, except it, he doesn't bang you over the head with it. But you, you, he. Uh, he he has um, uh, a Bible verse at the end of uh, 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 in his credits at the end of his videos. But I kind of get that he's a Christian, but it, th that's not really the uh, important part of the videos. But he has a series of videos recently uh, on the topic of social media manipulation, and th there's three of them so far. He's got a fourth one coming, but he's got one: why your news feed sucks, which is uh, uh, about Facebook uh, manipulating the YouTube algorithm. How People manipulate YouTube in order to get their videos seen by more people. And then the most recent one was Twitter platform manipulation, which is how bots and trolls and all, all these bad actors try, you know, try to manipulate Twitter in order to get their, uh, their tweets seen and used and steal from people or influence elections and that sort of stuff we've all heard about in the news. And 
he the, the great thing is he goes out and he interviews the engineers, not just the spokesman, but the engineers at YouTube and at Twitter and all these different places and and people wow. who are in the business how it all how it works and what they're doing to counter it. Uh, so it's very informative. He uh, uh, he, uh he he explains certain you know explains away certain myths. There there are some myths about how this works out there. He he, he dispels myths. And he gets the facts out there, and it's very interesting. Have you guys mm. had a chance to to see these yet? I, no, I haven't seen any of them, but I'm very interested. Yeah, I, I, I've seen other videos that he's done, and he's he's got some good stuff out there. He really does good work. So I'm I'm interested in looking at these because it it really does kind of get into this whole talk about the Catholic blog and all that, and our concerns about using these social media. Right, and it, and the thing is, is, it's really good. He explains things in in layman's terms, so it's good for not just techies. But for everybody who's concerned about these issues uh, to help people understand. So if anyone is is a user of Facebook or Twitter, they, they, they know enough to be able to understand a lot of what he's saying. You won't get everything, all the nuances, but you'll, but he explains really well. So uh, I do want to recommend those. So I think that's uh, that that about sums it up for us today. So uh, before we sign off, I want to take a minute to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of technology. And today we're going to thank Isaac K, Bennett G, Tara H, Francis B, and Clara K. Through their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give, they make it possible for us to continue to make The Secrets of Technology and all the shows we do at StarQuest. And you could join them in supporting what we do by visiting sqpn.com slash give. So that's it from us. Like I said, what do you think of our discussion of the GPS rollover bug, the Catholic blog revival, uh, Father Andrew's email, uh, any of our picks of the week. If you have opinions, you have thoughts, you want to share something with us, please do so. You can do it by going to sqpn.com slash technology or the SQPN Facebook page at facebook.com slash starquestmedia. Leave feedback there or send an email to technology, like, like Father Andrew did, technology at sqpn.com. And I'll put some the relevant links to our picks and the other uh, things on our show notes on sqpn.com. Until next time, Father Corey Stika, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of technology. Yeah, glad to be here, and thank you. And Joanne Mercier, thank you as well. Thank you both. And once again, I'm Don Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to the Secrets of Technology on StarQuest. Quest.